You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Gottlieb. Bills Mafia, what is going on? Welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast, a show on the Buffalo Fanbase Network, the originators of Bills Mafia. My name is Justin. I will be your host tonight. And tonight we're going to get into the topic a little bit of uh, the concept of Super Bowl or bust. Um, this is something I've seen out there a lot in you know the social media worlds and discussion posts and whatnot of just kind of what we expect from this season and what we would categorize as as a successful season and what would be a disappointing season. Um, so I'm going to kind of wait until we get to the end to give give my actual answer. But as you follow along, I'm, I'm sure you'll see where I'm going with this. Um, but before we get started, if you haven't done so yet, uh, subscribe to the show, follow us, make sure you're not missing any episodes, throw us a comment. Um, maybe just a little feedback, let us know what we could do better, what you like about what we do. And we always take that into consideration and helps us a lot with what we do here. Um, so thank you in advance for that. Um, also before we get started, our producer Jake is currently working on a poll on social medias. So check that out. It's going to be, you know, is the season Super Bowl or bust and, we're going to collect all those results, and after we talk about it today, we'll dive back into that next week and kind of see where you guys land on the issue. And if you want to throw any comments there for us to talk about, go crazy. Um, so when I start looking at the landscape of is this season going to be Super Bowl or bust, um, I try to avoid kind of the, the cliches of, you know, uh, technically it's Super Bowl or bust for every team because... 31 teams are going to be disappointed by the end of the season. I mean, those, those exist for a reason, and, and it is true, but there's definitely different scales of disappointment. You know, if if the Jets don't win the Super Bowl in 2022, they're, they're not going to be that disappointed. If they get eight, nine wins, they'll probably be pretty psyched that they look like they're going in the right direction. Um, so there is a different scale to it, and I do think that, the Bills have garnered a lot of expectations um, based on the team that we've assembled, um, based on results that we've seen. You know, we're talking two years ago, dropping to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Um, last year, again, it was the Chiefs. It was the divisional round. Um, but, you know, obviously a heartbreaking loss came right down to the wire. And, and even that step taken from two years ago to last year, you know, it the game two years ago wasn't particularly close. Like this one last year really showed that we were taking a step and belonged on the field with them and, and honestly probably should have won the game, but here we are. Um, so I'm going to start out kind of looking at, I guess, more of a macro view of the NFL landscape and what that means for the results of next season and then take a quick break and and we'll look at it from just kind of a team perspective. Um, so when I'm looking at the NFL, this is why I think it's it's so hard to label any season a Super Bowl or bust or a disappointment or things of that nature. It's 
the NFL's constantly changing landscape. There's no teams that are really just, you know, trotting back out the same roster. There's there's always changes in and even even teams like the Buccaneers last year that kept all 22 starters. Uh, there's still changes in depth. There's still possibility of injuries going into the next season. There's possibilities of uh, player suspensions. There's all kinds of things that can happen. Coaching staff changings. Um, so just kind of looking at a few key teams and and ones that usually affect us. Um, looking at a team like the Chiefs, who have obviously been kind of our Achilles heel um, t- to even get to that Super Bowl game. You look at a team like the Chiefs, They yeah, they lose Tyreek Hill this year. Um, but they replace him with a collection of three receivers and Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Marquez valdez Scantling, and then they draft Sky Moore. Who knows what that looks like when they try it out on the field? Um, Tyreek Hill is one of the most ex- explosive players in the NFL, one of the best receivers, has that crazy speed. But knowing the quarterback that Patrick Mahomes is, you know, does he have to adjust to to a little bit of a different system here? Sure. Um, you have you know, three all new receivers that you're going to have to get to know and how they work with the offense. It might, it might be more of a, a sustained offense, you know, 10, 15 plays before they score touchdowns uh, versus that, that fast hitting offense that we've seen from them in the past. But that doesn't mean that it can't work. It doesn't mean that it can't be successful and challenging to overcome. Um, so, a team like that, you know, a lot of people I've seen kind of look at it like, yeah, well, the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. Easy money there. And I'm not ready to get there yet. I, I think it'll present different challenges. And honestly, with the quarterback that Patrick Mahomes has shown to be, I don't think a little bit of changing talent at wide receivers is really going to handcuff him. And then we'll look at the location that uh, Tyreek Hill did go to. He went to Miami. What what does that look like in Miami? You know, pairing him up with Jalen Waddle, also super fast, explosive receiver. Uh, they still have Mike Gusecki at tight end. They've reloaded in the running back room. They've had a pretty good opportunistic defense over the last few years. And this is a team that they finished nine and eight last year, missed the playoffs. Um, previous year, they were a ten win team that missed the playoffs. So they're they're a team that's been ascending for a while and and kind of knocking right on the doorstep, and they're sitting in our division. Uh, we hear it all the time from Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott. The first thing you have to do for getting to the playoffs, having playoff success, is controlling your controllables, and that starts with winning the division. Now I do still think the Bills win the division. Miami's not looking like the team they did three, four years ago. They they look like they're on the upswing, and yes, they still have a lot of unknowns on if Tua can take that step, if he can really be the leader, if he can, you know, change that kind of culture on offense and get the most out of these weapons. Um, but I've talked about it in the past. If if that experiment starts going sideways this year, they have Bridgewater in the fold that, that can be a serviceable starter and, and win some games. Um, so a team like that, presents different challenges than we saw last year. Kind of going outside the division, looking at a team like 
the Chargers reloading. Um, Denver adding Russell Wilson. Denver is a team that's been stacked for years and kind of just fumbling through bad quarterback play, average quarterback play, talking about players like Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, um, Drew Locke. It's a team that usually has a pretty good defense, and they have just been continuing to load up on weapons, trying to just make the offense better for whatever quarterback comes in. And now you you add a guy like Russell Wilson who has won a Super Bowl, has had a lot of success in the NFL, just going to a team that's absolutely stacked. I think Denver immediately becomes competition that lays in the way of getting to the Super Bowl. You know, we, we could talk about all kinds of teams in the AFC. It seems like the AFC really, really reloaded for this upcoming season and way more than the nfc in my opinion and you know you talk about the raiders adding Devonte adams the list goes on and on and then even a team like cleveland now do i think deshaun watson plays next year i'm not sure yet uh kind of got to give that a little bit more time and see where it goes but for the sake of this exercise if we're talking about Deshaun Watson leading the Browns versus, you know, Baker Mayfield playing through all kinds of injuries last year, just having a really average season. If you put Deshaun Watson into that mix and he plays anything like the quarterback that we remember him being, with the running back room they have in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and the weapons they have, that team is immediately dangerous into the playoffs. Now, they're the Browns. So that that's one that, you know, I guess I'll kind of believe it when I see it because the Browns have a way of brownsing things up like the Bills used to have a way of <laughs> billsing things up. So we'll see how it all plays out once the games are played. But that's just another team that's in the mix of an AFC that was already stacked last year. Um, and we haven't even, we haven't even talked about the Pittsburghs. Uh, Bengals, the Ravens, there's all kinds of teams that have at least stayed the same as where they were last year or gotten better. And a lot of those teams weren't really pushovers. Um, so the, the AFC as a whole, I feel like has gotten better. And, you know, the teams that were kind of bad kind of stayed bad. Um, but the teams at the top end, I feel like they, they're all feeling like they're really close to, to getting over the hump. And kind of have pushed their chips in. So the competition all around has gotten better. And then when we when we zoom out a little bit more and we look at the NFC side of it, you know, as as I kind of just stated, I don't feel like the NFC had the same crazy wild off season as the AFC. Um, I feel like a lot of a lot of the NFC kind of maintained status quo and. We can still pretty easily, in my opinion, look at the NFC and look at the teams at the top. And I'm looking at Green Bay and I'm looking at Tampa Bay. And those are two teams that seemingly have a a pretty good path to getting back to the Super Bowl. Um, And you're talking guys in Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and the defense that they surrounded Tom Brady with in Tampa Bay and the Packers 
reinvesting in the defense. And hell, they even went out and got Aaron Rodgers a receiver. Not granted they did it when Devontae Adams left, but hey, <laughs> didn't think we'd see that anytime soon. Um, but the point being, you know, even if we do make it to the Super Bowl, those two teams, provided that they're the teams that make it, they're not going to be pushovers in the big game. Now, all that being said, I, I do think that the AFC is the superior conference right now. I think whatever two teams make it to the Super Bowl, I, I do believe that a team from the AFC is going to win it this year. And I'll give you a good idea on uh, who you could guess I think is going to win it all. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to dive into kind of looking at it through the lens of just within our own building. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Bill's Vader. Now back to the show. Bill's Mafia, welcome back in. And just want to say this real quick. I didn't even consider this at the top of the show, but realizing that the show is coming out on the 4th of July. So for anybody that is tuned in today, I hope you're having a great 4th of July, enjoying it with your friends and family. Hopefully you didn't have to go into work and you're you're enjoying some nice weather. So... Happy 4th of July, and thank you for taking time out of your day to, to join us for this podcast. Um, so we're going to get back into our Super Bowl or bus discussion, and I want to look at it from the perspective of the Buffalo Bills. Um, now, on, on paper, the Bills have stayed largely the same, and the changes that we've made for the most part, I think most people would consider improvements. Um you're looking at, again, going into the offseason, revamping the defensive line. We lose Harrison Phillips. We bring in Daquan Jones, Tim Settle. Um, we bring back Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips. Bring in, obviously, Von Miller. Um, so some changes there. And it, it looks like, you know, on paper, that's, that's going to be a better unit. But, you know, the addition of Von Miller makes that pretty easy. But I'm still looking at it with... A slight amount of hesitation because pretty much since Bean has gotten here, it's been every offseason he's been loading up in the trenches, both sides of the ball, and we've had the highest paid defensive line in the league and didn't see much results. Um, so that I, I have that in a plus column right now, um, but who knows how it plays out on the field. I have great confidence that it will, but I have in the past. Um Staying on the defensive side of the ball. We don't know what's going on with Jordan Poirier yet. Now he has said in the media that he wants to win a ring with Buffalo before he leaves. Um, there's no place that he'd rather be right now. Um, that's great to hear. It gives me a good amount of confidence that they're going to get a deal done. And I was already pretty confident that they'll get something done here. But until, until that contract signed and that contract dispute is settled, that's not something that, something that we can count on. And if he's not there, yeah, we have some options that, that we're working on at safety. But that's a, that's a big hole, um, you know, especially if Trey White is missing the beginning of the season. That could be two, you know, all pro players that, that have been key contributors on this defense. We might have to start the season... Um, without Trey White for six, eight weeks, who knows? We might have to go through the whole season without Poyer. That's that's a significant change that that kind of changes the dynamic of of the defense. 
We've had changes along the offensive line. Again, to me, looks like should be improvements, but still have to wait to see how it all comes together. Um, Roger, Roger Saffold, I think he's an upgrade. Um, he's also getting a little bit older, so has he lost a step at all? Are there any injury concerns there? Um, something to keep in mind. And the, the depth there seems a little, a little shakier than we've seen in years past. Um, still some good depth, but not quite as deep as we've, we've been in years past. Um, looking at Gabe Davis and the offense, uh, I think a lot of us expect big things from Gabe Davis, um, just kind of based on the trajectory of what he's done thus far. Um, but he's going to be placed into a much bigger role than he's seen in the past. You know, he's going from being a number four receiver um, with Emmanuel Sanders in front of him, with uh, Cole Beasley in front of him, to kind of being that true number two. Now, we did add Jamison Crowder, so that kind of could make them 2A, 2B type deal. Um, did add Khalil Shakir. Still have Isaiah McKenzie, Marcus Stevenson. We still have all those guys in the mix. Um, but when I'm looking at just a straight-up depth chart of the Bills wide receivers, to me it goes Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis at number two. And that's going to... It's going to be a big step for him to have to take on, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at the team's second best cornerback versus kind of who's the guy left over after you're covering the top three options. I do think that we continue to see big plays and big production from Gabe Davis. I think what has made his game special so far is kind of similar to what makes Josh Allen special at quarterback, and that's kind of the off script stuff of, when the play breaks down, him and Josh have a great chemistry of knowing where each other are, are going to be to get a play done. Um, but again, as with the other things, I can have all the confidence in the world, but I can still write that down as kind of a question mark of going from number four receiver to number two. Do we just slap a sticker on it and say he doubles his production? I don't think you can do that. Um, and, and what's that going to look like? I think the the biggest question mark for me as to the Bills being able to repeat their success from last year or take it a step further is going to be the change at offensive coordinator. Um, obviously, promoting Ken Dorsey, you know, bringing in Joe Brady, bringing in some coaches around him. What is that going to look like working with Josh Allen and working with the offense and? We've talked about this on the show of kind of liking the move because it, it gives you some continuity's sake. Um, he's obviously been in the room uh, with Brian Dayball. A lot of the terminology will stay the same. And I guess my biggest concern here would be the fact that he's never been a play caller in the NFL. And I think having Joe Brady there could help in that in that aspect. He he was a coordinator for Carolina, um, but it it's something that we kind of have to see how it plays out on what kind of uh, coaching decisions is he making. Are we going to see him run it three consecutive times for three yards coming out of the half, or are we going to see some more creativity? Uh, are we going to see more two tight end looks, having lost some some of our top receivers? I think there's so much unknown there. 
And we know what this Bills offense is capable of. And I guess kind of just seeing where it ends up with Dorsey and and how he moves his chess pieces in this offense is, is going to be a huge, huge hurdle for this team to to repeat their success. Um, so overall, I, I guess my take on this discussion is I try to remind myself that we're only like five years removed from this Bills playoff drought. And it's hard being removed from that situation to really remember what it was like year in and year out to, you know, I remember a year we had Trent Edwards. We started out like 4-0, 5-0, something like that. And I was like, oh, dude, we found our quarterback. We're going to the playoffs this year. Like, it, it's, it's cherries on top from here on out. Uh, he gets smacked by Adrian Wilson, gets a concussion, never comes back the same player that he was. So I, I'm trying to keep it in the perspective of how many consecutive years that I was like, I don't care about talking about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl right now. I don't care for one and done. I just want to make the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, I'll be happy. So obviously we, we make the playoffs and then it's kind of been this fast acceleration into, okay, well, we made the playoffs and then boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden we're, we're contenders. We're talking about not just a, a team that's getting there by accident, a team that belongs there, a team that's being picked as Super Bowl favorites. Um, so while this is happening, I don't doubt that the Bills are going to win a Super Bowl or two with Josh Allen. Um, does that mean that I'm ready to label this season Super Bowl or bust? I can't get there. And for me personally, I don't think I'll ever really be in a Super Bowl or bust mode. I think there's so many things that happen in football that you can't account for when we're talking about the season in July. You know, you looking at injuries, um, just some weird bounces, some weather games, all that, all that that goes into a season, and it's hard to win a Super Bowl. It's hard to win games in the NFL, and being a team that's good enough to overcome all of that is is really what you're looking at. You know, throw a cliche out there any given Sunday. You know who who expected the Bengals to beat the Chiefs last year? I don't. Maybe it's more people than I think, but I I certainly didn't. Um, so for me, that's a, a big part of it. I, I think there is a certain certain level that we've come to expect with this team. Like it, if we lose in the first round of the playoffs, yeah, I'm willing to label that as a disappointment for the season. And I will say that pretty much anything short of winning a Super Bowl, you know, with this team that we've assembled, with the quarterback that we have, with the coaching staff that we have, yeah, I think that anything short of winning a Super Bowl will have its level of disappointment. But I don't also don't think that that means that the season is automatically a waste. Um, the biggest thing for me in this conversation is we've found a, fran- a franchise quarterback. And for my opinion, as long as we have Josh Allen under center, the Super Bowl window is open. And... Kind of the the way the contracts are going to be coming up, they're going to coincide with the new TV deal coming. So right now it looks like we're really going to be hampered by, by the salary cap going forward. 
I think much like some of these other contracts that, that Bean has signed, when we get two years into this Josh Allen contract, it's going to look like a budget compared to what some of these players are going to be getting. Um, so I think we'll still be able to field a talented roster around him, and it's not going to be all on him. Um, so for me, again, I can't consider this season just a bust if we don't win it all. Um, like I said, we got the poll out there now, so go ahead and vote on that. Let us know what you think. Leave us a comment, anything you agree with, anything you disagree with on what I said here. And um, we're going to start off next week's show kind of looking at that and seeing seeing where you guys stand on that. Um, but other than that, it's going to wrap up tonight's show. Thank you again for joining me. Again, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe. We have episodes coming out every Monday. I want to make sure you don't miss anything. My name again is Justin, and I am out. Go Bills.